The following podcast is a part of RadioMisfits.com. And now it's time for the Mr. Nelson Show. Welcome to another episode of the Mr. Nelson Show, episode 64. Yes, will you still need me? Will you still feed me? <laughs> well, uh, as some of you may know, I'm also a co-host of the Rob Saul Show that uh, broadcasts live Monday nights uh, from 10 to midnight, uh, Eastern Standard Time, on the Ripped Radio Network. That's right, Rip Radio Network. They have a lot of online programs, and the Rob Saul Show is one of them. And uh, so uh, we were nominated for uh, three different awards. See, every year the Rip Radio Network uh, hands out awards. They call them the Rippies <laughs> uh, and have a, a, a ceremony, an award show and everything, all nice and done. Uh, and, and they had it in Brooklyn this year. And uh, unfortunately, I couldn't attend due to uh, personal obligations here. And I uh, just couldn't swing it uh, to my eternal regret. But nevertheless, uh, we came out winners. Uh, I, of course, won. <laughs> I won uh, for uh, best on-air voice. Imagine that. Oh, imagine that, huh? Yeah, so I won that. Oh, boy, here we go. It's if your head wasn't... Had enough already. Now it's just gonna swell to Jupiter size. Ugh. Yeah, don't listen to stupid lefty there, Mr. Nelson. Well, I never really do, Red. Yeah, yeah. So keep going with that. But uh, uh congratulations, man. That's something. I'm proud of you. That's that's really great. Well, thank you, Red. Uh, but as I was saying, uh, there were two other awards. Uh, and the one we were uh as a whole group and show we were hoping we could uh get it was uh. The, the show of the year award and lo and behold we did so the rob Saul show uh won the show of the year award for 2016 and that's really good because uh it's it's recognition and appreciation for everybody who's ever worked on the show and a lot of people have been involved in it and have come and gone and whatnot but they've all uh put in some time and a bit of labor to uh, make the show into something that people would want to listen to. <laughs> so, so in a way, uh, that's recognition for all their work. And so uh, good for the Rob Saul show. Uh, congratulations to Rob and all the work he's put in. And for Owen, our other co-host. And uh, Owen was there with Rob. Uh, at least two of us were there. So uh, that was nice. And so uh, well-deserved, I'd say. Everybody puts in their time and uh, effort. And uh, here's some uh, nice recognition for it. So, uh that's really great. Uh, the third award was for Rob himself. And uh, it was uh, the, um, I believe it was called Best Male Personality for 2016. Yeah. Well, you know, Rob being all effeminate and everything. <laughs> he, uh, so uh, he didn't get that one. Uh, that's too bad. But uh, like I said, you know, it's a hard sell sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> but but, but, but <laughs> I, I'm sorry, Rob. <laughs> but anyway, but uh, two out of three, not bad, huh? And of course, I'm flattered, and it's always great to be recognized for uh, your efforts and your talent. And I do appreciate it. And uh, 
Big thanks to Ripped Radio Network for uh, inviting me and, of course, the show to, to their network. And uh, 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 thanks for the honor and recognition of the award. Yeah. So there, that's some good news. Uh, so, uh, hey, we'll see what happens next year. huh? <laughs> uh, and I think they're open to different possibilities is where they'll have the award show. And uh, New Orleans was one of them. Wow, that's closer. But then in that case, I'd probably be the only one of the show who might be able to attend. <laughs> but, you know, whatever. So there you go. How about that? huh? So now I can't bitch about uh, never having won anything anymore. Well, I'm sure you'll find something else to bitch about. Yeah, probably you, Lefty. What? Yeah, well, you'll never get tired of that because oh, uh, that's a necessity. Yeah, well, we got to run through some news. We uh, had some uh, some uh, anniversaries here, of course. Uh, Pearl Harbor Day came along. And, oh, good Lord, why do we have to just constantly look at that? I mean, the truth is, the United States provoked Japan. What? Goddamn, how dare you? Well, I dare. Come on. I mean, the Japanese were fighting to maintain their Asian culture, which had been overrun by white European colonialism. And they were trying to defend that. And the United States was getting in the way. Yeah, that's total garbage, Lefty. What? Yeah. Uh, the, uh, when you talk to the Chinese, the, the Philippines, uh, the, the Koreans, <laughs> boy, they're not so happy with what the Japanese did there because basically they raped them. So, yeah, not a big fan of the imperial Japanese motives in, the, in those days uh, because, see, Japan, they saw themselves... As the superior Asians. Sound familiar? <laughs> well, what do you mean? Well, it's like how the Germans thought they were the superior of everyone else, see? <laughs> in their sphere. That's kind of why uh, they kind of got along in that war. <laughs> oh, yeah, they, they were working together. Yeah, that's right, Red. And so, see... But no, no, the, the, the Nazis were, were white people. Yeah, yeah, they were. But uh, they're also human beings, just like the Japanese are human beings. And so they're going to have the same flaws and failings that all human beings have. And they uh, they wandered into that horrible, hateful pl place and uh, succumbed to it. And that's what happened. Uh, this idea by leftists like you, Lefty, can't see the real story because you're stuck with this idiot idea that only white people can be the villains of any scenario, even scenarios that actually happened which is the war. And uh, Japan was pretty nasty in those days, and not just because of Pearl Harbor, but the terrible treatment they gave to their prisoners of war. Actually, you're, you were better off being in a, a German war uh, prisoner of war camp than you were uh, the, the Japanese. Oh, that, that's ridiculous. We've seen what those camps were like. Those were the concentration camps for people who were not fighting in the war, Lefty. They were not prisoners of war. They just were the poor people who happened to be Jews, and uh, the Nazis wanted to exterminate them, so that's why they put them in there. But actual soldiers and prisoners of war camps, well, compared to the death camps, eh, wasn't as bad as that. And in, J in Japanese prison camps, well, boy, yeah, that was about the same thing as the concentration camps. When you saw those guys come out, they looked like skeletons at the end of the war. So there you go as far as treatment uh, J Japan had for its prisoners in those days. Well, look, J Japan was provoked into that attack. No, 
They weren't. You can't argue that after the United States has a problem with Japan invading China and raping it uh, and deciding, well, we're going to put an embargo on you. We're not going to ship any of the raw materials uh, you, you depend on. That's not enough of a justification to then bomb Pearl Harbor. But they did because they wanted to take even more territory and they were concerned that the U.S. fleet would get in the way. Exactly. That's the provocation. The idea that we had a fleet. Oh, God. It's just hopeless. Yes, yes, I'm afraid it is. You are hopeless. No. It, oh, jeez. I don't know why you do it, Nelson. I do not know why you even bother. Well, gotta do the show about something. Oh. Oh, yeah. Well, if only we could all come together and imagine a world without hatred. If only there was someone who could imagine such a world. Of course, there was somebody like that, wasn't there? But unfortunately, thanks to America's love of guns, he was silenced on December 8th, 1980. I, of course, am referring to former Beatle John Lennon. Yeah, that's right. December 8th is the day that John Lennon was shot and murdered um, by some crazy fat slob that whose name I will not mention. I don't think it should be mentioned. Well, what do you mean? Because that's what, kind of what he wanted. What? You know, yeah. Guys like that, they kill famous people so that they can be famous. Or, well, in this case, infamous. And But uh, I'm not going to mention his name. I just don't, I won't do it. Uh, we'll just call him the asshole. Well, that's kind of an insult to assholes. <laughs> you got me there, Red. Well, didn't he, I thought he, wasn't there something about him, uh, that book? And, oh, yeah, The Catcher in the Rye. He, say, he went on this crap about that book, but... There's actually a tape, you know, I debated this, whether I would actually go look it up and play it, but I just don't want to do any more to this asshole. But the, basically, the night that he was arrested after the the, the, uh, the killing, uh, he, the police, of course, were questioning him and talking to him, and they taped this. And then the guy eventually just said that that he just couldn't stand the thought of waking up another morning being a nobody. There, case closed, end of story, that's it. All this other crap about his obsessions with the Beatles and his, uh, you know, Holden Caulfield and the Catcher of the Rye, all that nonsense. I mean, he goes on and on about that shit. That's just stuff he was interested in, but that's not his motive. His motive is he was nothing. And now he's something. He's the guy who killed John Lennon. You know, and it, it, any attention given to him is just, you know, an orgasm for this guy. So everyone should just never mention him again. Oh, well, I had a whole thing prepared. Well, we're not doing it. Oh, well, I guess it is your show. Yes, that's right, Lefty. It is my show. Oh, well, and other sad news, uh, former senator and astronaut John Glenn passed away at 95. 95? Well, well, that, he, he made it to that. Yeah, yeah, long life. Uh, but, uh, yeah, he, he passed away. Of course, a legendary American hero, because he was the first American man in space. Well, the Russians did it first. Uh, yeah, I know, but for America, yeah, oh, for America, it matters more. Oh, jeez. Damn it, Lefty, what the hell? Yeah, if you don't like it, get out! Oh, I am so sick of that. The truth is, I love the nation more than you two do, because I want it to be better, and I will call out its flaws. 
What flaws? I mean, John Glenn? What? Well, you forgot that he's a Democrat. Well, nobody's perfect. Oh, my God. That just... What? You were saying you're going to point out the flaws because you care more about the country, and then you mentioned that John Glenn was a Democratic senator. I mean, what the hell? Well, that's not what I intended. I... Hey, you can't keep your thoughts straight, can you? Yeah. <laughs> hey, you can't get much straight, can you, from that guy? Oh, that, just shut up. The, you know, the point is, is that all you care about is that he flew around in space in a, in a spaceship, when the truth is his greatest heroism was fighting the good fight in the Senate, and you didn't even want to mention it. So the truth is, I appreciate John Glenn's heroism more than you two ever could. Well, that ain't exactly true. What? Uh, I didn't want to bring this up, but, well, of course I did. <laughs> but yesterday, I walked into the He Ain't Here bar, and lo and behold, what did I see? Lefty Turnington sitting at a table. What? Oh, God, I forgot. Yeah, but that's, we don't need to go into that. Well, I'm surprised you remember, because, boy, you were knocking them back. Well, it had been a bad week. I had all kind of problems, and I was coping in my own way. This is a, this is not right, Red. You shouldn't bring in our personal lives to the show like this. Well, I think our audience deserves to know what you really think on this subject of John Glenn. What? Oh, yeah, well, I was sitting there, and the other guys were talking, and, you know, the news had come in that he died, and we were talking about it, and, you know, going into space and how hard it was. It's like riding in a garbage can, and they were in orbit. It's amazing, though. They didn't all just burn up and that kind of thing. Yeah, yeah. Well, uh, then, of course, Lefty, he can't mind his own goddamn business. He had to horn in, and he just starts talking and shit. And uh, so, of course, I got my phone out, and I taped it. It's too bad, uh... The people listening can't see it, but but here it is. Let's take a look, huh? Well, all right. What? What is the... Oh, God. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You see, you're all making a big deal about uh, John Glenn and the right stuff. Well, let me tell you something. Do you seriously think that John Glenn would, would ever have had the opportunity... To be an astronaut if, if he were black or a woman. Yeah. So all you're doing is once again America patting itself on the back over white privilege. Damn, Lefty. I mean, the guy had just died, and you're going to pull that crap? That's what he is. That's how he works. That's what he does. Hey, you will never change. In my uh, defense, I was intoxicated. It happens. And that's all I want to say about that. I mean, this this is outrageous. And probably not even legal. What? Eh, it's a public place, Lefty, so the, the, that business is of uh, being recorded. And I mean, he's holding the phone up right in your face and you're looking right into it. So it was pretty obvious you knew what was going on. No, I didn't. I was intoxicated. Well, there is that, but the, but there again, like I said, public place. So uh, let that be a lesson to you about going into public places and drinking yourself under the table. <laughs> oh, well. So uh, thanks, Lefty, for giving us the uh, social justice warrior commentary on the legacy of John Glenn. Yeah, that's great. That, but I want to explain. No, no, we don't have the time. Yes, we do. So you're not doing any night-night this episode. Yeah, oh, well, uh, thanks for letting that out. Yeah, there's no night-night this episode because of uh, some of those obligations that kept me away from the Ripio Awards uh, took up 
a lot of time this week, and so I was unable to take the time to uh, record and put the uh, background effects and all that sort of stuff together for the next chapter in the uh, Night Night, the Early Years. So hopefully I'll be able to complete that. I'm pretty sure I will for our next episode. So tonight we're going to have yet another old-time radio Christmas story. Oh, boy. Shut up, Lefty. So after our last episode, we had Dragnet. I figured, hey, let's get the other Dragnet episode. And, uh, well, I did. I found it. Because uh, uh, apparently they only did two. So this is the other one. This one is uh, <laughs> uh, not as uh, sad and a bit and as horrific as the last one. <laughs> uh, this one's a, a little bit cheerier. And uh, it's called Big Little Jesus. <laughs> Uh, from 1953, uh, a lot of the titles of the Dragnet uh, stories had always had the word big, like it was the big this or the big that, the big, the last one from yes, uh, yesterday, from last week, uh, that it was just, was one of the unusual ones where it was just called, you know, the 22 rifle for Christmas. Um, but then I guess they could have called it the big 22 rifle for Christmas, but that might've seemed, uh, insulting considering what happened. And all these stories are somewhat based on true stories. Like they all, they, they always say only the names were changed. Sometimes I wonder if some other thing details might've been changed, but nevertheless, based on actual, uh, crimes that happened. So, uh, apparently this story did happen too. So, uh, do enjoy Dragnet, Big Little Jesus. Ladies and gentlemen, the story you are about to hear is true. Dragnet, the documented drama of an actual crime. For the next 30 minutes, in cooperation with the Los Angeles Police Department, you will travel step-by-step on the side of the law through an actual case from official police files. From beginning to end, from crime to punishment, Dragnet is the story of your police force in action. It was Wednesday, December 24th. It was cold in Los Angeles. We were working the day watch out of burglary division. My partner's Frank Smith. The boss is Captain Bernard. My name's Friday. I'd gone across the street to buy stamps for some Christmas cards I was sending out. It was 9.15 a.m. when I got back to room 45. Burglary. I sat down at a table in the squad room and I started to address the cards when Frank walked in carrying a stack of Christmas boxes. Hi, Joe. Hi. Christmas cards, huh? A little late, aren't you? Well, I was going to send them out Monday, but we had that stakeout. You ought to get married, Joe. Yeah? It's the only system. Pay does all that stuff for me. Laundry, mails, cards. Only system. Might help. I brought in your present. Want to open it now? No, I'll wait. I always open a couple a day before. Why? Well, it puts you in the spirit ahead of time. I opened Phil's this morning. Who's he? Ray's brother in Denver. Gave me a magazine. One of those funny ones. What do you mean, a comic book? No. One of those funny ones, you know. No, I don't, Frank. Well, some of the pages have holes in them. You look through and there's a picture on the next page. Oh, yeah, I've seen those on the newsstand. They have cloth pasted in. Cloth? In the ads. If you want to buy a suit, they have a sample right there. You mean you can feel it? Reach right out and feel it. There was one for $200. A suit? Sure. Cloth comes from Scotland. What's it made out of, solid gold? No, they got a special kind of goat over there. It's real smooth. Not a goat, Frank. A sheep. Well, it's a special kind of sheep, then, because a suit costs $200. You gonna get one? I told Faye. She said, wear the sample. 
Anything doing? Fanning and Pryor were in on that market holdup. They come up with anything? Pound of air, nothing else. I hope it stays quiet. I got more shopping to do. I finished. What'd you get, Ann? Stationery set, some paper and envelopes, leather binding. Joe, you'll never learn. Well, what's the matter? No woman wants a stationery set. Get her something personal. Well, it's got her initials on it. No, no. You want something more sentimental, romantic. What'd you get, Faye? It's different in her case. What'd you get, Faye? Sewing machine. That's romantic. Well, there's no way. Why don't you buy her a catcher's mitt? Burglary Friday. Yes, that's right. You have the right department. All right, Father, we'll be right down. No, you can tell us about it there. Goodbye. The old mission church, they've had a theft. Collection money? Statue of the child Jesus. Frank and I checked out of the office and rode over to the church at the corner of Sunset Boulevard in Maine. The old mission plaza church, founded 1781. The year Los Angeles became a Pueblo. The outside was typical early Spanish design, complete with mission arches. It was made of adobe and painted white. They called it the Queen of the Angels. The Padres from down in Mexico built it. The devout Mexicans in town still attended services there. 10.05 a.m. Frank and I crossed through the courtyard. It used to be the old stable, but the Spanish priest changed all that when it became a mission. Stonemasons paved the stable floor and made it a courtyard. They planted grapevines, trees, and flowers. A young priest crossed the courtyard to meet us. He'd been sitting on a stone bench reading his morning prayers as priests had done here for 172 years. We asked for Father Xavier Rojas, who communicated with us. We were told he was inside. We entered a side door. The church seemed to glow with the hundreds of votive candles flickering on both sides of the altar and at the shrines throughout the church. It was empty except for a few people praying. Surrounding the main altar were several old oil paintings and gold frames. The air was heavy with the scent of Advent flowers. We found Father Rojas up near the sanctuary, looking at the nativity scene. He told us about the crib. It was a $70 duplication of the scene at Bethlehem. The parishioners had taken up a collection for it 31 years ago. It was put up every year on December 22nd and taken down after the holy season. It was beautiful, except that one of the shepherds had lost an arm, the sheep was old and cracked, and the infant Jesus was missing. Father Rojas led us back into the sacristy. I'm sorry to bother you, man. All right, Father. Especially now, the holiday season. We cash our checks, Father. You want to tell us what happened? Or what you think happened? I discovered the statue was missing right after the six o'clock mass. You say the six? Yes. I started over to the rectory and stopped by the crib. Was the statue there before mass? I don't know. But it was there last night. How late is the church open? All night. You leave it wide open so any thief can walk in? Particularly thieves, Sergeant. You say it was there last night, Father. How late? Ten or eleven o'clock. We had confessions. No one saw it after that? One of the altar boys, he says it may have been there. He thinks it was. Did he see it? He's not sure. What's his name? Pardon me. Here's the schedule. You'll find the names for every mass there. Was there a big crowd at the six o'clock mass, Father? Not too many. Seven's the big one. People on their way to work. Did anyone stay after Mass, did you notice? Not especially. I came back here, took off the vestments. I suppose it was 10 or 15 minutes before I went back in the church. It was empty then? No, people were coming in for the 7 o'clock. Are these the older boys, James Cornine and Joseph Heffernan? That's right. Joe's the one who mentioned it might have been there. Did you check with the other priests, Father? Before I called you. None of them knows anything about it. Just for a check on the pawn shops, how much the statue worth? In money? Well, that's the point in pawn shops, Father. Only a few dollars. 
We could get a new one, but it wouldn't be the same. We've had children in the parish. They've grown up and married. It's the only Jesus they know. We understand. And we've had children who died. It was the only Jesus they knew. So many of the people who come here are simple people. They wouldn't understand, Sergeant. It would be like changing the evening star. We'll do our best, Father. That's why it would mean so much to have it back for the first Mass on Christmas. It's not very long, Father. Less than 24 hours. If anything turns up here, you know where to get in touch with us. Yes. Sad, isn't it? How's that? In so short a time, men learn to steal. Yes, but consider us, Father. Us? If some of them didn't, you and I'd be out of work. 10.50 a.m. We notified pawn shop detail. Frank and I checked out the two altar boys. The first one, James Cornine, said he knew nothing about the missing statue. The second one, Joseph Heffernan, was not at home. His father said he had a part-time job, but he'd have him get in touch with us right after lunch. By 11.30 a.m., we'd run out of book procedure. We had a man to find. Our only clue? He'd been to church. 11.33 a.m. We checked the phone books for the names of religious stores in the area. Two of them were closed. We tried the third. When we got there, the only person in the store was an elderly man sitting by a table. In front of him was a large, beautifully carved chess set. Police officers. My name's Friday. This is my partner, Frank Smith. Great to see you. Caught me in the middle of a big chess match. Where's your partner? Up in San Jose. We've been playing for years. Same match? No, just two or three months on this one. What I meant was we've been playing different matches for years. I see. You know, we do it through the mail. I send him a move, he sends me one. Must keep you on your toes. Except during the holidays, the mail gets all fiddled up. That's no good. Guess not. Slows things down. That's no good. I like to catch him off guard. You, Mr. Flavin? How do you know? We never met. Your name's on the window out front. Mr. Flavin, we checked the other two religious stores in this neighborhood. They're closed. This is the best one anyway. Fifty percent European items. We're checking the stores around the mission church. For what? Statue of the child Jesus. Do you have one we could look at? Sure. No, sir, a larger one. You don't want a larger one, unless it's for a church. That's why you want a larger one. Could we see it, please? It's not my due to butt in. But unless you live in a big place, this will make your living room all a kilter. Yes, sir. Do most of the people who go to the mission church trade here? Good many of them, especially the kids. Why kids? More religious. Check on yourself. See if kids aren't more religious than you. Might be so. That's what's wrong with the world. Oh, I don't mean you're wrong with it. Everybody. Yes, sir. What if we could stick to the point, Mr. Flavin? Sure. A lot of people from the mission church come in here. Do people ever come in and sell back a religious article? Like a prayer book or rosaries? Yes, sir. Second hand, you mean? Yes, sir. Not since I've ever been around. It's silly. Why? People don't have religious articles so they can get rid of them. They have them so they can have them. But if a man had a statue and wanted to sell it, he'd come to a place like this. Sure, but he wouldn't want to sell it. He would if it was stolen. No, sir. If a man was to steal a statue, he'd be crazy or something like that. The only place he'd want to go is where crazy people are. You may be right, Mr. Flavin. I don't know what you fellas are looking for, but if it's somebody who stole a statue, he's crazy and you won't find him. You won't find him as long as you live, or in a million years. That should cover it. We checked religious stores out as far as Van S. We asked the same questions. The owners gave us the same answers, but none of them were as encouraging as Mr. Flavin. Frank and I had lunch and reported back to the office. It was 1.30 p.m. when we started into the squad room. The captain was just coming out. 
I just checked for you in the lunchroom. Yeah, we've been out on that theft at the mission. May get some action on the Patterson case. They locate him? They think he's on the bus from Sacramento. Well, that means the Bakersfield police. We'll wait and see. One of you fellow sergeants, Freddy? He is. I'm Joe Hefner. My father said you wanted to see me. Well, sit down, son. You didn't have to come in. A phone call would have worked. My father said to get on over. He says that any kid that uses phones is lazy. We want to ask you about this morning. You serve 6 o'clock mass? Yes, sir. I'm senior boy. So I get to 6. You're senior and you take the early trick? Yes, sir. That way, if you receive communion, you get to have breakfast sooner. Father Rojas says you think the statue was there before mass. I didn't look. But I have a feeling it was there. A feeling? You know, how you have a feeling about something, but you're not sure. Did you stay around long after Mass? I put out the candles and hung up my surplus. How long would that take? About five minutes, maybe. Did any of the people at Mass stay on? Some moms do, especially ladies. Oh? Maybe they don't finish in time, or else they start new prayers. I don't know. So when you left, there were still some women there? No, sir. That was at first. After I went back to the sacristy... There was only this one man. What man? He comes at 6 o'clock all the time. Do you know his name? No, sir. But he works down in Olive, you know, paint shop, where they paint signs. Could you describe him? Sort of medium. Wearing a suit that didn't match. Didn't match? You know, different pants than coat. How about his age? Oh, he's pretty old. Take a guess. About 40, maybe. There's nothing particular about him. Then why'd you notice him? I've seen him before. And the bundle, I guess. The bundle? Out in front. I saw him when he was coming out. He had this bundle, and he almost dropped it. How large a bundle? It's hard to say. Come on, son. Was it large or small, the size of the statue? Not that big. Yes, sir. We located the sign shop. The suspect didn't work there anymore, but we discovered his name was Claude Stroop. We found out where he lived. 2.25 p.m. We arrived there. It was a hotel for men, mostly old men, mostly down and outers. It was called the Golden Dream. Police officers, we're looking for Claude Stroop. Hope Claude didn't get in any trouble. So do we, is he in? No. He's got room 307. You can check if you like. We'll take your word. Were you on this morning? Hmm? Yeah, the early shift. Well, we don't have shifts. My uncle owns the place. I'm the shift. Did Stroop spend last night here? Came in about 11. When did he leave this morning? Around 6, maybe before. He come back after? 8 o'clock or so. Then left. Supposed to be back at 10. And pulls this trick. What trick? Our program. He knows the other fellas need him. Program? They're here at the hotel. Every Christmas we have a program. Put up a tree and sing. They're mostly old fellas. Singing like that makes them remember back when they were kids. Then Jimmy Finn comes on. Jimmy Finn? He shares number 409. His family once had a lot of money, so he tells the fellas about it. Stories about Christmas. How they had this big log, and his grandfather used to start it up. And after dinner, everybody turned over his plate, and there underneath was a $20 gold piece. Brand new one. When Stroop came in this morning, did he have a bundle? I didn't see him come in. You said you saw him. I saw him go out after, but not come in. When was that? Eight. If you want to look for a bundle, I could give you his key. We don't have a warrant. It's all right. I know about police. It's all right with me. It's not with us. I didn't mean that. I just meant it was all right with me. Good on the feast of Stephen, when the they were three old men. We couldn't tell how much better they would have been with Stroop singing the fourth part, but somehow you didn't care. This was Christmas at the Golden Dream, and it sounded fine. That night. 
cross was cruel. When the poor man came in sight, gathering winter fuel. This is the last rehearsal. I got most of the songs down pat. Sounds pretty good. That's why it's a shame Claude isn't here. He's tenor, and they need him to make it sound just right. Does Troop have a job? No, sir. He used to have jobs. Not much lately, though. Did he say where he was going? No, he should have. The fellas need him. When he comes in, will you call us? Sure, and uh, not say anything to him. That's right. I hope it's nothing serious for Claude. Fellas' troubles ought to be over. Troubles? Way back. Wouldn't count. Tell us anyway. Well, I don't know much about it. As much as you know. Now, come on. Well, something back where he used to live. He robbed somebody or something. What else? That's all. It was a long time ago, way far back. But he forgot it all, the robbing and everything. No, not quite. Hmm? He remembered it this morning. God rest ye merry gentlemen, let nothing you dismay. For Jesus Christ our Savior was born upon this day. back to the office and ran Stroop's name through R&I. If he'd been booked anywhere, we had no record of it, at least not under that name. 4.15 p.m., pawn shop detail reported back. No object resembling the statue of the child Jesus had been turned in. 4.18 p.m., I hung up the phone. Patterson's on that Sacramento bus. I thought Bakersfield had it. They were supposed to confirm. They did. Hop over the station. What about Fanning and Pryor? They're still out. Well, they'll be back soon. When's the bus arrive? Six o'clock. There's plenty of time for him to make it. There's more time for you. We're still in that theft. Can't it wait? No. What is it? Ten, fifteen dollar statue? When's the price determine a case? I realize it's a church statue, but that doesn't give it priority. It's important to them, Captain. Joe and I promised to get it back. What do you got on it? Nothing much. And why are you so big hearted? Burglary Friday. When? No. Don't say anything. No. Right. It's Claude Stroop. He just walked into the hotel. He's our suspect. Nobody's leaked to him? No. You'll keep. You can run him down tomorrow. It'll be too late then. They need it for the first mass in the morning, Skipper. It's kind of a big thing for them. I'm sorry. I can't juggle details around so you can get a statue back. If this time later on, we'll do our best. Yes, sir. You better get over to the station. Yes, sir. Will you call Father Rojas over at the mission? Why? Tell him we're too busy to work on that statue. But we'll do it later. Tomorrow or when we get a chance. Why can't you call him? Well, we better get over to the station. If Patterson's on that bus, we don't want to miss him. All right, I'll call him. Friday. Yeah. I can send Fanning and Pryor over. You might as well stay on that other thing. Whatever you say, Captain. Four forty-three p.m. We arrived at the Golden Dream Hotel. The desk clerk was right. Claude Stroop looked like a man who had his troubles at bargain rates. Your name Claude Stroop? Yes, sir. Police officers. We'd like to talk to you. I didn't do anything against the law. Honest, I didn't do anything against it. You haven't been accused. I want to take you downtown. We'd like to talk to you. No, sir, I'm not going. I'm not going anywhere. I'm not going to talk to anybody. You're half wrong already. Five fifteen p.m. We returned Stroop for interrogation. He kept his word. He refused to talk. 6.05 p.m., Frank called Faye, told her he'd be a little late. Stroop didn't move for a whole hour. He sat and stared, but he didn't talk. 
6.40 p.m. We got a final report from pawn shop detail. The shops were closed. There was no statue. Stroop still hadn't talked. Don't you ever want to go home, Stroop? If I was to talk, he wouldn't let me go. Depends on what you'd say. I'd say it wrong and I wouldn't get home. You won't this way either. I'd like to go. You can bet on that. This is the seventh year we had the program and I never missed a one. And a single one. Why don't you tell us what happened, Stroop? How would I know you'd let me go? You wouldn't. I might as well anyway. All right, what happened from mass on? Well, there was mass. I came out and started down toward the hotel. Back up. I left my stuff at the hotel and then I picked up George's car. I didn't steal it. He said I could have it any time I wanted. Only this time I didn't ask him. I took it and started out. Well, I should have asked, but I just didn't. I went over to Grand Avenue for the Christmas bulbs where this fellow sells them secondhand. It was coming out of the lot, but I did it. Yeah. The bumper must have caught the other car. Didn't leave too big a dent, but there was this long scratch. I got out and tried to wipe it off with my handkerchief. You know, spit on it like. Only it didn't do no good. I didn't think anybody saw. I don't know how you fellas found out about it. I'll check out the records. Right. Stroop, we didn't bring you down here to talk about that. You didn't? No. There's a statue missing from the church. A statue of the child Jesus. You mean I took it? You took a bundle out of church? Yes, sir. That was my other pants for the program tonight. I had a place sewed up and there was a button on it. You can check. But I wouldn't take a statue. I don't think you would either. He's clear at auto records. One hope. For the program? You mean it's all right? Good night, Stroop. Father Rojas. Frank told him how it was, that we couldn't get the statue back by morning, but that we'd keep trying during the week. He said he understood. We told him we had to get on. As Frank and I started to leave, the doors at the main entrance to the church opened. It was a good 200 feet away. It was hard to be sure, but it looked like a small boy drawing a bright red wagon behind him. When he got closer, you could see he was no bigger than a pint of milk. He was a luminous-eyed little Mexican boy with a face as young as yesterday. The priest seemed to know him. Paquito? In the back of the wagon was the missing statue of the child Jesus. He picked it up gently and walked up to the priest. Father Rojas? He just stood there looking up at Father Rojas. Paco Mendoza, the boy from the parish. Ask him where he found it. ¿Dónde lo encontraste? No lo encontré, lo cogí esta mañana. He didn't find it, he took it. Why? ¿Por qué? 
todos los años Paquito rezó por un camisito rojo. Este año Paquito rezó al niño Jesús. Yo prometí a niño Jesús el primer viaje en mi camioncito. He says all through the years he's prayed for a red wagon. This year he prayed to the child Jesus. He promised that if he got the wagon, the child Jesus would have the first ride in it. He wants to know if the devil will come and take him to hell. That's your department, Father. No, el diablo. Ese se llama Paquito mucho. We crossed over to the sanctuary. With the help of Father Rojas, the young boy replaced the infant Jesus in its rightful place, the crib in the nativity scene. Frank and I could have been wrong, but the small plaster statue seemed to approve. Mary, Joseph, the wise men, Gaspar, Melchior, Balthazar, the old shepherd, the young shepherd, the peasant, they all seemed to approve. Vuelve a tu casa, Paquito. The priest told the boy to go home. He took hold of his wagon and started the long walk out of the church. There wasn't much we could say. There wasn't much to say. We just stood there and watched him go. Halfway up, he turned to look back, and he went on out. I don't understand how he got that wagon today. Don't kids wait for Santa Claus anymore? It isn't from Santa Claus. The firemen fix old toys and give them to new children. Paquito's family, they're poor. Says you. <laughs> no, no, I'm sure it was a true story. Say, do you like the sound of my voice? Do you want to hear it even better? Well, then head over to tweakedaudio.com where you can find headphones and accessories. Key features include eight colors and styles, mic'd and non-mic'd versions designed to sound great for music and talk, like what I'm doing right now. Yes, yes. Noise-reducing design with a lifetime warranty. So, yes, head over to tweakedaudio.com and use the discount code Mr. Nelson. 
all one word. Uh, it's not case sensitive, but yes, all one word, Mr. Nelson. Punch that in at the checkout for a 33% discount. Wow. And free worldwide shipping. So head over to tweakedaudio.com for some delightful headphones and earbuds and that sort of thing. Yes, yes, yes. Thank you, Tweaked Audio. Say, are you still stumped for Christmas stuff? Well, why don't you head over to my stores? Yes, it's selfie.com. You can download some funny little films that I do my uh, poor man's Mystery Science Theater treatment to. Yes, it includes my delightful commentary and clever little voices, <laughs> along with cartoon sound effects, and yes, of course, bathroom humor. <laughs> yes, yes. But hey, what about clothing and apparel and other goodies? Well, you could head over to one of my other stores, society6.com slash Mr. Nelson. That's right. There's plenty of Nelson goodies there, including my Bob Levy shirt. Yeah, the Nelson shirt, a Nelson tote bag, a Nelson iPhone iPod case, Nelson mugs, all that Nelson crap, and other little artistic goodies that I put there. But however, of course, if some of this stuff is a little too pricey for you, you're in luck because Mr. Nelson opened yet another store. That's right. And you can find it at Zazzle, Z-A-Z-Z-L-E dot com slash the underscore Mr. M-R underscore Nelson, N-E-I-L-S-I-N underscore store. Yes, it's just that simple. So you can head over to the Mr. Nelson store and pick up the Mr. Nelson t-shirt, some Mr. Nelson buttons and stickers, and of course t-shirts uh, based on my uh, previously mentioned Selfie Store videos. That's right, little little artistic posters that I did with my own bare hands. That's right, Mr. Nelson art, and you can wear it. Yes, you can. There's even a Mr. Nelson hat for the Nelson show and a Mr. Nelson bumper sticker. What more do you need? <laughs> yes, T-shirts, hoodies, all that lovely stuff. And uh, uh, a little cheaper than the Society 6 store. Yeah, yeah. So there you go. Quite a bargain there. Yeah, that's right. Plus, they're all discounted because it's Christmas time! So head over there and do enjoy some Nelson goodies and uh, help the show out. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Ho, ho, ho. Merry Christmas. Yeah. So there you go. Be a pal, won't you? And visit Nelson stores and, of course, our good friends at tweakedaudio.com. Well, that brings this episode to a close yes hopefully we'll have some night night next week but i hope you did enjoy the dragnet show that'll be the last one because they only did two christmas episodes i'll have to find something else next week and don't worry i will all right uh everybody have a good evening and um again uh to rip radio network thanks for the award i do appreciate it good night everybody Views and opinions expressed during the Mr. Nelson show do not necessarily reflect those held by RadioMisfits.com. So, any complaints and or comments should be sent to at Mr. Nelson on Twitter, where they'll be promptly ignored and or blocked.
No, sir, a larger one. You don't want a larger one, unless it's for a church. That's why you want a larger one. Could we see it, please? 